Welcome to Energy Talks, a regular podcast series with expert discussions on topics related to power system testing, data management, and cybersecurity in the power industry. My name is Scott Williams from the podcast team at Omicron, and I will be your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our special Energy Talks mini-series called Cybersecurity and the Power Grid, in which we provide you with a 360-degree view of how power grids can best safeguard their infrastructures from cyber attacks. In this fourth episode of our Cybersecurity mini-series, we are joined by my guests, Anastasia Shvetsova, who works on software quality assurance at Omicron, and Jacques Grobler, who is a full-stack developer at Omicron. They will share their experiences, challenges, and innovations in developing Omicron's cutting-edge cybersecurity products. Learn about their personal journeys and what inspired them to become cybersecurity developers in the fields of quality assurance and full-stack development. Discover how they stay current with state-of-the-art practices to develop innovative solutions while ensuring the excellence and quality of the products. From their daily challenges to their proudest successes and learnings, Anastasia and Jacques provide valuable insights into their collaboration with other teams and the importance of their work in enhancing cybersecurity. Anastasia and Jacques, welcome to this special mini-series episode of Energy Talks about cybersecurity in the power industry. Hi, Scott. Thank you for the invitation. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for taking the time for this talk about navigating challenges and embracing innovations in development. Can you introduce yourselves and share what motivated you to become cybersecurity developers in the fields of quality assurance and full-stack development at Omicron? Is there anything in particular that drew you to this field of work? Anastasia, can we start with you? Yeah, sure, Scott. Well, hello again. My name is Anastasia. I'm from Ukraine. I have been working as a quality assurance engineer for over five years, and I entered the IT world straight after the graduating from my university. Uh, I made a transition to the cybersecurity world in March 2022 by joining Omicron. For me, it was an excellent opportunity for my professional growth as well as the personal challenge. I chose a career in QA because it aligns perfectly with who I am. I'm naturally curious, which means I love digging deep into things and figuring out how do they work. Also, I have a knack for spotting mistakes and I'm not shy about pointing them out, but always in a helpful way. I really enjoy the challenge of applying my own curiosity and determination to leave no stone unturned when it comes to finding possible problems and bugs, especially if it is crucial for the project's success. Previously, I worked at a project that helped people to secure their goods. So with this background, now I'm helping people to secure their substations. Level up. Very good. When you say level up, what do you mean by that? that I leveled up. So from the small things like securing goods to the bigger things like securing substations. Very good. Okay. Good to know. So Jacques, what motivated you to become a cybersecurity developer? So I started my journey all the way down in sunny South Africa, and I've only been part of the Omicron team for about, I guess, a year and a half, closing in on two now. And I started my academic journey in sort of with a focus on electric and electronic engineering, but gradually found myself drifting more into software. 
And so over the years, I worked in a number of fields from started in energy, but then went to fintech and a bit of automotive, some hosting, even AI, and then slowly kind of without realizing I was back in the energy field here at Omicron. So what drew me here is the prospect of working not just with interesting software and technology stacks, but also that already comes with its own cybersecurity considerations. But mm -hmm. on top of that, having an actual cybersecurity solution that involves intrusion detection and monitoring. So that seemed to me like a whole extra layer of intrigue on top of these typical challenges that I've already been exposed to. And I think it really ups the importance of security mindedness even more. And, you know, one weakness in the application interfaces could really lead to potentially big problems. So yeah, it, there's a lot more to consider and learn from there. And I think that challenge really pulled me in. Very good, Chuck. Thank you. What are some of the daily challenges you both face as cybersecurity developers and how do you overcome them to deliver robust solutions? Anastasia, let us start with you. Thank you. So at Omicron, the most challenging part of my job has been dealing with our complex products and the need to have knowledge in various fields. However, I remain optimistic that things will improve over time. Another thing is that cybersecurity, cyber threat landscape is continuously evolving. People find new ways to attack computer systems nearly every day. To stay on top of things, IT engineers need to continue learning about the latest risks and how to protect against them. It's like ongoing puzzle, and I must keep improving to ensure our products are properly tested and secure. Anastasia, thank you so much for that. Shak, what is your opinion? What are the challenges you face, and how do you overcome them with robust solutions? A challenging bit I can add is trying to find a balance between the other fields and then keeping the cybersecurity mindedness going. It can be quite tricky, especially at the planning stages, to keep that in mind. As there's so many sides to the project that you have to consider and keep in your head. And then there's also so many different disciplines working together. For example, if you're collaborating with the user interface or UI and UX experts, it's really important to keep security ever present too, because that can influence the design choices and uh, even call for reworking an approach that can now be user experience-minded and security-minded at the same time. And the same would also apply to trying to design a feature for some application architecture. When you're collaborating with the cybersecurity team, the, the design choices can heavily be influenced by the cybersecurity-related findings and research. On top of being so security-conscious in our design choices, it's also really important to do frequent security maintenance. And that comes with its own challenges because new vulnerabilities can appear for any number of components really often for the system that you're developing. And yeah, we have to stay up on top of that, of course, with frequent evaluations of, of these. And for example, if we find some zero-day vulnerabilities without patches or solutions yet, it's, it can be quite an interesting head scratch to trying to figure out how this will affect us how we would mitigate it, what the potential risks are. So there's really a constant need for learning and for educating yourself in this field on top of your actual implementation research. And, you know, for that, you have to do some studying on your own, maybe some courses, uh, or sometimes if we're lucky, we get a interesting security workshop from our own cybersecurity experts. So that you also might have met in the series already. So yeah, it's definitely a, a very challenging field. Anastasia, as a quality assurance engineer, 
How do you ensure the excellence and reliability of Omicron's cybersecurity solutions? Can you highlight the processes and methodologies that you employ? Yes, sure. So to ensure security, we follow a systematic approach, SSDLC, Software Secure Development Lifecycle. It involves understanding requirements, planning testing activities, and analyzing potential threats. We perform both manual and automated testing using various methods like setting and dynamic analysis, penetration testing, for both internal and external, and other things. This thorough testing helps us find vulnerabilities and security issues. We made security testing a part of our development scheduled pipelines to catch the problems early. We collaborate closely with development and operation teams to address security findings effectively. We also keep detailed record of test cases and results for transparency and accountability. The results can be used in testing retros to improve our testing processes. Another thing is that we also have cybersecurity mornings. That's the blocking time where the whole team performs the vulnerability audits of all used components. As a quality assurance engineer in the ever-changing world of cybersecurity, we focus on continuous learning and staying updated with the latest threats and testing techniques to keep our systems safe and reliable. Chuck, could you tell us what a vulnerability audit involves? So like Anastasia mentioned, we also have the same process in our team every week. And it's at least for, so that we kind of keep it going and, and always set time apart. We have a, a chunk of time blocked every Thursday morning where we have a rotating, what do you call it? Kind of like a rotor for our team of, say, two members will at a time be assigned to this. And on that morning, they'll do some security vulnerability auditing. And what that entails basically is we have in our development pipelines, we've got some scanning tools integrated in there. And any new components that we add to our services, whether it's on the containerization side or anything smaller, lower down, a charting library, anything, all these components get scanned. And if there are any known um, vulnerabilities in the, there's this quite well-kept security vulnerability databases out there that also get scanned and crawled. Similarly to what antivirus software used to do back in the day as well, these tools can kind of highlight for you what the high risk down to low risk vulnerabilities are for your current services and all the, the components they're in. So we take some time every week where we kind of just go through this and try and identify any high risks, anything that needs to be urgently fixed. If And also importantly, if it actually applies to us, sometimes there's a component that's a dependency of a dependency of a dependency that we never actually use it's just sort of a small little block of code that's sitting deep down and it's not really applicable so yeah we audit and analyze and that's quite a big part of every week now that helps to kind of keep us and everyone in the team does it too so it's kind of a, a good way to knowledge share and any findings we have we also have the, the other team members look over before anything is action so that uh, we're all kind of on the pulse there very good. One last question about that. For a particular component, can its vulnerability change with new threats that come along? Yeah, there's any piece of software that's been up for a while, whether it's being frequently maintained or not, can suddenly get a new vulnerability that some 
clever, sneaky person out there has discovered. Sometimes it's something that's been sitting in the code for years that no one's just ever thought of trying. And then, you know, you have something that's some protocol that's being used by loads of software all over the internet, suddenly being vulnerable and then patches start rolling out immediately. And there's, there's like some sure. mild panic because it, it's sort of been a race to try and plug that hole before some people start trying to exploit it. And so for our processes as well, the second that these vulnerabilities get reported, whether it be by security analysts, companies out there, or someone like Microsoft reports it, the second that that information is floating around, it will also come into our pipelines. And unless it reaches us through a different channel, we will immediately start to see if we need to take action, if there's a patch, if there's a workaround, if there's, you know, an ever-present thing that can happen. Jack, as a full-stack developer, how do you contribute to the comprehensive development of cybersecurity solutions? For example, what are the key aspects you consider while building secure software? Yeah, being a full-stack developer in our team, it's a role that kind of involves quite a comprehensive approach to software because you're responsible for both the front-end and the back-end development. And everything in between and around. So there's quite a wide net of knowledge and experience you need to draw from. And you need to try and have a sort of overarching view of the project and everything that it fits into and surrounding it. So it can be quite a lot to keep in your head. With all these different technologies evolving and changing, you have to try and stay up to date with that. And even though some people in the team might find they gravitate more towards certain disciplines, like maybe someone likes working with databases more, so they'll do a little bit more work on that while staying full stack, it's still quite important that everyone stays on the security pulse and be able to build secure software. You have to kind of focus on proactively identifying these vulnerabilities. You know, as I mentioned earlier with these processes, it's a lot to do with staying updated with the latest evolving threats. And on top of that, it's also really useful to be collaborating with other teams like the the quality assurance specialists and cybersecurity specialists in the company, because the landscape is always changing and there's always just new knowledge to be applied. So it's very much a prevention is better than cure approach that applies when, when trying to build software in this way, because any little feature or component, no matter how big or small, simple or complex, you have to always consider any vulnerabilities in the approach. And you can't just then lean on your existing knowledge or experience because it's so quickly changing. And so like the vulnerability audits, the tools are in our pipeline set that I mentioned, you have to have a few more tricks in your kit there. On top of that, we also have frequent risk assessments where we have a kind of a formal list of threats and vulnerabilities that we maintain as they pop up. And then as a whole team, we kind of sit down and go through these two and try and assess what the impact of this would be, how easy this would be to happen and, you know, what actions need to be taken or is this something that doesn't apply to us. As IT developers in the power protection industry, What are your observations regarding unique challenges in this industry? For example, why is it essential for protection engineers and IT engineers to work together in the realm of cybersecurity? Anastasia, what have been your observations in this industry? So in the IT and OT, there are clear similarities. Both fields prioritize security as a top concern, and software development is the crucial aspect for both of those fields. 
Our work involves a reliance on numerous software components, both internal and third-party. The crucial point here is that the OT field depends on our software. So it is not just about the software itself. It is about the trust and reliance placed in it. Very good. Okay, thank you. Shak, what have you observed in this industry? I think being an IT professional in any field demands continuous learning and quite deep domain expertise, you know, whether it's military or healthcare, for example, or any other sector, staying in, informed about cybersecurity practices is paramount. However, in, in the realm of um, operational technology or OT, where critical infrastructure is managed, IT developers really have to place extremely strong emphasis on, on cybersecurity. And they have to possess a, a quite a keen understanding of how it would apply to that distinctive environment because the, the possible threats and risks and the outcomes are all affecting critical infrastructure. So it really has to be top priority. Very good. Anastasia, what recommendations do you have for our listeners to understand the importance of your work? So, as we have said before, developing software for critical infrastructure is a challenging task. It requires a lot of domain knowledge, well-developed processes within the team, and understanding of what we are doing and why, because a small bug can easily turn into a threat. Such vulnerabilities could be exploited by hackers, putting people's access to electricity at risk. As one classic said, with great power comes great responsibility. That's an interesting sentence there. With great power comes great responsibility. So, Anastasia, how do you collaborate with other teams within Omicron? And what do you appreciate about the product you are developing? Yeah, so everyone is approachable venturing knowledge and working together. When I first started as the company, as a quality assurance specialist, it took a while for me to understand everything I needed to contribute to the project because of the complicated software and testing environment. Mm -hmm. This is where the company's culture played a role. As my colleagues, including application engineers, developers, cybersecurity analysts, hardware specialists, they were always available to help me. And it has been a really positive experience to work in this group of professionals, people who are constantly developing and working towards the best result. When it comes to the product, I understand its overall importance. It helps people to protect other people. Shak, how do you collaborate with other Omicron teams? Yeah, for me, it's been a very similar experience in that regard. Even though the project I started working on was more in its beginning steps, there was still a lot of surrounding of domain knowledge to learn and grasp and you know wrap my head around. And for that, like Anastasia said, it's really helpful to have such a collaborative culture. You know, standing with someone in front of a whiteboard as they draw out a concept for you based on their own knowledge and experience, understanding of the domain is a lot more helpful and a lot quicker than reading documents and handbooks on the topic. So especially with the product that I work on, it interacts with other devices. So collaboration is key there. The last thing I'd add to this is that it also extends beyond just directly collaborating with other teams in terms of planning and knowledge sharing. Other teams also test our software and we test theirs too. So sometimes that can bring very interesting bugs to the surface or problems to the surface or even mitigate some sneaky little attack vector that was previously missing. That definitely is a big help. That's a good approach. So looking ahead, what do you both envision for the future of power provider cybersecurity? 
Are there any emerging trends or technologies that will shape the landscape? Jacques, coming back to you, what do you envision for the future? I definitely believe that our field is quite future-proof in that area. The future of cybersecurity for power providers, there's definitely a few key trends and technologies that will shape the landscape. One being power systems are getting more and more digital with things like smart grids and IoT or Internet of Things. So this means they all connect to the Internet and therefore they are all vulnerable to cyber threats. And Mm -hmm. yeah, since the outcome of any such a security breach in the power provider system can be catastrophic, I imagine more and more emphasis will be placed on it. Yes, we also cannot close our eyes to the very fast-growing and promising field of AI machine learning. Mm. Power companies will use AI as we do on our daily basis in machine learning to detect and respond to cybersecurity better. But at the same time, it also opens the door to new unknown threats. Interesting. Another one is in terms of rules and cooperation. It's going to just get more and more important to follow rules and and the set regulations in the industry when working together. And it will stay essential to protect power systems from cyber attacks because it serves as a kind of always evolving framework that helps to ensure the security and the reliability and even the resilience of any critical infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I guess in summary, as our providers are continuously modernizing their systems, they have to be ready for new kinds of cyber threats because they're also modernizing. So this really means that they would need to use technologies such as our software and products like Station Guard and GridOps, for example, mm-hmm. on top of, you know, further training and education in their teams and collaborating with experts and regulators. I think being able to adapt to these challenges while keeping power systems secure is key to the future of cybersecurity for power providers. And I think we will help them overcome these challenges. Anastasia and Jacques, thank you both very much for joining me for this fourth episode of our Energy Talks mini-series called Cybersecurity in the Power Industry. Thank you, Scott. Scott. Thank you both very much. And a big thank you to our audience for listening to this episode of Energy Talks. We always welcome your questions and feedback. Simply send us an email to podcast at omicronenergy.com. Omicron has several years of experience in power system testing, data management, and cybersecurity in the power industry, and offers you the matching solution for your application. For more information, be sure to visit our website at omicronenergy.com. Please join us to listen to the next episode of Energy Talks. Goodbye for now, everyone. 